follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaHealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Navigating the Cancer Maze with Grace Goller. Dealing with cancer is by no means easy to handle, but our program aims to make it easier through knowledge. Whether you've been recently diagnosed, are going through treatment right now, or are a survivor, our program will have points that you should hear. And by sharing our stories together, we'll make it truly a life-changing experience that you don't have to go through alone. Now, here is your host, Grace Goller. And hello to everyone. We're here for another edition of Navigating the Cancer Maze. And today we're going to be navigating the maze, discussing the special needs for people with um, colon cancer, colorectal cancer, and uh, people who have treatments, and the diets that are actually around at the moment that many cancer patients are trying, experimenting with, and uh, quite often getting themselves into a little bit of bother. So um, we're going to try and get to a few truths today, because, you know, we live in this age where there's fashion fads, there's fads for everything, there's internet fads, YouTube um, memes and fads that are going on out there and things are changing at a very, very rapid pace. And with lifestyle medicine in particular when it comes to cancer and with diet fads, this is moving at a very, very fast pace and many people are moving at this pace without thinking about am I actually involved in an ideology here or is there some solid rationale that's actually behind what I'm doing? So, you know, cancer patients, uh, you know what it's like, folks, if you're out there and you're dealing with cancer, it's so hard to get to the truth. You get swept up in these, I call them the dietary winds of change. Um, often they turn into a tornado and you lose a lot of peace of mind. You get confused. You become socially isolated with a lot of the dietary um, fads that are around at the moment too because it's very hard for you to eat anything while you're out or you might to have trouble going out even to dinner with friends because what you're doing that you think might be helping you um, is, is causing actually quite a deal of distress. So with talking about the dietary fads, um, you know, I have mentioned the unnecessary weight loss. We've had patients lose up to 20, 25 kilograms by making a major change in their dietary pattern. Um, so as well as all those other things of the confusion and the social isolation, um, you know, it's, it's a really big deal. Um, 
It's not only what you eat, but what you could absorb. And is raw food better than cooked food? And especially today, is raw food better than cooked food for cancer patients? That's what we're going to be discussing. Is vegan better? Vegan raw or vegetarian? Uh, extreme diets too, by the way, often pair with extreme supplementation. So when people are eating quite sparsely um, and eating what we call a nuts and seeds um, based diet, um, they do have to often add in a lot of supplementation. So that can be um, an expensive thing, but also it does take away from what our gut is supposed to be doing. So where does the truth lie? I mean, that's what we really need to um, examine. And how do we find out the truth? And we know everyone goes to good old Dr. Google and, and looks up various diets, but that can be really misleading too. And sometimes even people's experiences um, with diet can be very misleading. So let's look at this growing trend of um, dietary change in cancer communities it's, you know, it's almost a given. If we're looking at this very special case today of people with colon cancer, maybe secondary liver cancer, rectal cancer, even cancer of the bile duct, pancreas, they're all connected with the digestive system, of course. It's pretty much a given if you've got one of those cancers that you're going to have had surgery to remove um, any sort of segment of the colon that's actually been affected by the cancer. So we know that if this is the case, depending on the length of the segment removed, your diet should be adjusted accordingly. Now, your, your gut's actually very clever. And there's, um, the lengths in there and the various segments are all designed to do something different. They've actually got different chemistry actually layered into the lining. So there's a part that uh, helps digest and absorb vitamin B12. There's another for vitamin C. There's one for electrolytes. So when we actually have these segments removed and sometimes even a small segment, it really can create a lot of havoc for diet. So it's probably the worst time to actually think about making a dietary change if you're in that department. There's a lot of questionability also about whether changing your diet is actually going to impact a cancer once it's begun. Now, in my 40 years of experience, I tend to think that it's not going to make much of an impact on the cancer. Uh, fish in your diet, vegetables, keeping the skins on and eating organic where possible. I think that kind of a diet can actually keep your well-being levels up and um, that's not to be underestimated. But as far as impacting the cancer, which a lot of people believe, I had a young lady who's in her late 20s yesterday in my practice. She's had breast cancer for quite a few years, very young, and she's trying a diet diet at the moment to experiment as to whether this diet will help her liver metastases um, after her breast cancer primary and she's had a double mastectomy as well, this young lass. Um, I advised her don't do it. Um, you know, the best thing you can do at this stage is yes, keep a good diet, but there has to be some kind of medical intervention here because it's just not going to cut it and even a lot of the natural supplements that could be um, taken here just aren't going to be enough and remember it's not only what you eat but what you absorb so when we are in trauma and when we are in stress um, our absorption is even less a lot of people who are doing the excess fiber and raw seeds and nuts raw foods um, 
a lot of those things can become indigestible in the, in the gut. They can become irritants that can set up a whole series of uh, inflammation problems and can in itself, changing your diet for a good reason, can in itself set up an irritable bowel situation. So, uh, you know, you can get bloating and um, some very unpleasant symptoms from that. Um, if a patient um, loses some out of their small intestine, that's also quite a big deal. Was, um, most people think of the large colon, but when you actually lose some of the small bowel, um, so many of the important digestive processes go on there. You know, uh, yours truly is one of these people because I have had removed five feet of large bowel and five feet of small and my ileum as well and uh, some issues with the ileocecal valve, which is the little valve that allows food to go through. Um, so I was a prolific salad eater before I had my surgery. I'd had a diet, contained a great deal of dietary fiber. Um, I had a really good balance, I thought, of, of cooked and raw foods. But you know what? Following my surgery, my gut was clearly traumatized. It actually took years to recover to a satisfactory degree. And that's caused by several reasons. Yes, it's the food, but when the gut is actually cut in a surgery, there's an interference with the messages that go from the gut to the brain and the brain to the gut. And that can cause all kinds of eating disturbances in itself. So adding the changes um, of diet or adding raw food into that is really probably not a very advisable thing. Um, you know, at that time, any raw foods, nuts, seeds really stressed me out in terms of my digestion. And uh, uh, the, the raw food that I used to love really was indigestible. So a lot of my new age friends, um, when I'd had my colon removed and uh, I'd been through my various ileostomies and colostomies, um, a lot of my new age friends, and some of them were young GPs who were exploring this area of lifestyle medicine um, in its very early stages, uh, they were experimenting with a lot of raw foods and sprouts and they were saying, oh, dear, this is really unhealthy. You know, you need to have the enzymes from this and it's really important that you're eating raw to get your health back. Uh, that raw was the only way I could heal and in indeed, raw was not the only way that I could heal. They could not have been more wrong. And um, as I've moved around various circles over the years, in what we'd call a food ideology, rather than uh, adapting to a diet, which had to now adapt to their situation. So, um, you know, uh, bag and all, I watch my weight gain once I got my cooked food happening, 100% cooked food, folks. And my well-being really also increased. It enabled me to recover a lot faster. And I think I was able to utilize a lot of that food. Whereas a lot of my friends, I just watched the weight peel off their bodies and they got into various health problems themselves. So we're coming up to a break now in Navigating the Cancer Maze and I'm going to come back and we're going to start exploring these issues in a little more detail. Don't go away. Back soon. Your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. 
Nestled in the heart of Germany's Black Forest is a very special clinic where breakthrough cancer medicine is offered to cancer patients around the world. Holvung Private Oncology Clinic is one of the leading establishments in biological cancer therapy. The clinic offers personalized cancer medicine, including genetic testing for detecting and applying targeted treatments. The clinic's ethic is to deliver treatments that are as conventional as necessary and natural as possible. For your personalized cancer treatment, please contact the clinic via their website at www.holvang-clinic.com. That's H-A-L-L-W-A-N-G-clinic.com. Or call us in Germany at 490-7443-964240. Learn to navigate the cancer maze with trusted professionals in cancer health care. The Grace Scholar Institute, a not-for-profit organization with an established track record, a global clientele, and expertise in local and international referrals. The Institute's founder has almost 40 years' experience as a multidiscipline cancer strategist with a focus on finding options and implementing personalized care for cancer patients. The Grace Scholar Institute can help you navigate the cancer maze. Why not email the Institute today at institute at gracegoller.com or visit their website at gracegollerinstitute.com. Listen each week to Navigating the Cancer Maze with your host, Grace Goller, from the Grace Goller Institute, as she interviews cancer medicine experts, researchers, allied health professionals, patients, and caregivers. Navigating the Cancer Maze provides you with information, education, inspiration, and a toolkit that will equip you wherever you are and whoever you are to effectively navigate your way through the cancer maze. The Grace Goller Institute also provides ebook resources. Be inspired. Be empowered. Visit the Institute's website at www.gracegollerinstitute.com or email institute at gracegoller.com. Nestled in the heart of Germany's Black Forest is a very special clinic where breakthrough cancer medicine is offered to cancer patients around the world. Holvung Private Oncology Clinic is one of the leading establishments in biological cancer therapy. The clinic offers personalized cancer medicine, including genetic testing for detecting and applying targeted treatments. The clinic's ethic is to deliver treatments that are as conventional as necessary and natural as possible. For your personalized cancer treatment, please contact the clinic via their website at www.hullvang-clinic.com. That's H-A-L-L-W-A-N-G-clinic.com. Or call us in Germany at 490-7443-964240. Learn to navigate the cancer maze with trusted professionals in cancer health care. The Grace Scholar Institute, a not-for-profit organization with an established track record, a global clientele, and expertise in local and international referrals. The Institute's founder has almost 40 years' experience as a multidiscipline cancer strategist with a focus on finding options and implementing personalized care for cancer patients. The Grace Scholar Institute can help you navigate the cancer maze. Why not email the Institute today at institute at gracegoller.com or visit their website at gracegollerinstitute.com. You are tuned into Navigating the Cancer Maze with your host, Grace Goller. We'd love to hear from you today on our program. 
Please call us toll-free from North America at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. International callers may dial in to 480-553-5759. You may also send an email to institute at gracegoller.com. Now, back to Navigating the Cancer Maze. Welcome back to the show. Um, we're talking about diet today, uh, raw foods versus cooked foods for cancer patients. And uh, in particular, I, I was thinking uh, during the break um, of a time when I actually visited a very famous popular centre in the UK. And um, I just arrived in the UK and it was really early days of adapting to one of my own ileostomies. And the centre had lots of patients that were dealing with bowel cancer, rectal cancer, and um, many folks like me were sitting down in the dining room and it was uh, quite amazing to me the lunch was based on totally lentils and raw food salad and sprouts and um, I was looking around the people around me who I um, had been told was a specific bowel cancer group and I looked around at them and they were all um, eating this food that I couldn't eat and um, the chef was actually a very well published uh, person on vegetarian, vegan and raw vegan food preparation and she took great umbrage <clears throat> at my complaint um, and uh, it was just impossible for me to eat that food. And when I actually chatted um, during my clear vegetable broth um, over lunch with the other patients, it was very clear. They all complained of pain, of bloating, of you know, gas problems, sleep interference, embarrassing rumblings, etc., etc. And it was because really no one had paid attention to their diet. And this is this one-size-fits-all approach which seems to be out um, across the board. Uh, we, we don't only see this in conventional medicine. We see it in alternative medicine and very much we see it in ways of eating that just because this is good for cancer, that this patient is supposed to have it. But we must take into account what has happened to the patient, um, the surgeries the patient's had, the treatments that the patient has had. Um, you know, their own particular lifestyle that um, they're, they're going through with all the changes and adaptations of having cancer. We can't ignore all those things with a one-size-fits-all diet. And I think across the board, if anything stresses people out um, more, I'd be pleased to know about it, but diet seems to be the one that for the last 40 years has really um, challenged people tremendously. Um, if the tumor, if you're listening today and you do have um, a problem with your small intestine, you have to be really, really careful with this. And it's so very important um, that you get some professional help because malabsorption, which is what happens to a lot of people who do these dietary changes, and particularly fluid and electrolyte disturbances, and that also makes a difference. Do you live in a, a country where you, it's very hot and humid? Do you sweat a lot? Or do you live in a colder climate? Um, do you go to the gym and exercise heavily? even as a cancer patient um, and what's happening with your electrolytes. So people can become quite dehydrated on some of these diets as well as malnourished even though they appear to be eating. And one of the things that the, um, the medical profession often see is a very thin, emaciated person come in for their consultation and um, they think this is the cancer that's actually done this. 
this person's just dropped their weight away due to the cancer. Um, and in fact, I had a very personal experience of that with my um, ex-husband when we did a, a diet known as the Gerson diet in the early days when we were fledglings and um, we didn't know a lot. We were reading a lot of books and the rationale sounded quite good, but um, the weight just dropped and dropped and indeed people did believe that it was the cancer that had caused the weight to drop. Um, and his weight loss, being on one leg because he'd had a leg amputated previously, um, was pretty dramatic because then it caused a whole series of other issues and back problems. So it's really, really complicated. And I cannot say to you enough uh, listening today, please personalise and individualise what's happening for you um, with your diet. Now, we've said it's... Um, not what you eat, but what you absorb. So there is a way through this, and it's a very intelligent way, and it's a way that's going to take the guesswork completely out of, you know, is what you're eating the right thing for you? And um, there's a, a test that you can do. It doesn't sound very nice. It's a stool test, but we have to talk about those things, um, even though they may not be the, the most pleasant end of the works. But it really is the best way to see what's going on in your body, what's being digested properly, what's not, what enzymes are missing to break down starch, for instance. Is your pancreas putting out enough enzymes? What's happening with the bile? What's happening with the fibre? No guesswork. So my advice to everybody, whether you're a person who's had surgery um, and you've had these various rearrangements and pieces removed, um, if you're going to change your diet or if you have changed your diet, check this out first. It's very primary in my practice. It's been something I've done for many, many decades. Um, as well as checking all the digestive functions, the test that I'm recommending today um, is one that also looks for parasites. Now, the best one to get is a three-day test. It's a three-day stool test. So someone sends you some little vials, you put a little sample in it each day um, as directed, usually sent back to the pathology lab or the company, and they do the analysis for you. So this is going to have really, really valuable information for you. Um, I mentioned parasites. We've talked about those a little bit through the shows before, but um, some cancers of the bile duct in particular, so the bile duct um, uh, gets infested with a parasite. It's a Chinese liver fluke. So if you've done a lot of travelling in Cambodia, Vietnam, China, um, even Japan, and those northern Asian areas, it's something that you could also consider and it also can be a part of the cause of the cancer. So um, that three-day test also takes care of um, the, the parasites. And I hasten to add here, please do not self-treat with the parasite cures, the drastic herbal remedies and so forth. Always find out what it is you're dealing with. Um, biopsies might not be pleasant either, but you need to know what it is you're dealing with. And um, these cleansers can be a, a real issue for many cancer patients. I have known of uh, one patient uh, a few years ago who actually did this and, um, and died from um, bowel spasms, uh, which turned very nasty. So I think the other thing with doing the test is you can save many, many hundreds of dollars, um, many thousands of dollars in some cases, by finding out what you're actually utilising and what you actually need. And then your health practitioner can give you the best possible advice based on that personalised test. Um, 
I also hasten to add I'm not connected with any of the people apart from using their tests um, but not financially connected with them. So they're just tests that I use, um, I've used for a long time. They work, they even help some of the oncologists um, in really uh, personalising the patient's program. Um, now, the two to use, HealthScope Functional Pathology. Um, they're really terrific for our patients here in Australia. Um, I know they don't operate in Western Australia, but uh, I'd highly recommend their three-day test. They have a series of them. That's HealthScope, all one word. Um, if you need to um, get to any relation to these, I'll be putting them on uh, grayscorlamedia.com in about an hour after you hear the show today so that you can uh, check up on that. The other group, which is for the USA and internationally, uh, there's a group called Metametrics, metametrics.com, and I'll actually put the link up for their parasitology test and uh, three-day test for um, looking at the functions of digestion on my Grace Gawler Media blog, as I've said, about an hour after the show's through today. So this brings us um, to talking more about the latest fads, but I think primarily by getting that test organised for yourself, you've actually done the very best thing in working towards your own personalised medicine. You will need to get that done through a health practitioner. Some naturopaths um, organise this. Some nurse counsellors also do as well. So the latest fads, the one-size-fits-all diet. Now, obviously, that's not going to work for a lot of people. One diet that's also grown um, recently in a lot of interest is called the paleo diet. And the paleo diet goes back looking at what people ate a long time ago. Um, so uh, the paleo diet for cancer patients is often a bit too, um, too rough, and uh, particularly if you've had anything with your gastrointestinal tract. But... Even more so, um, one of the issues that's come through the paleo diet is when they've actually looked and um, gathered um, information on the bones that they've found in caves, um, they've actually found that people's teeth were really badly affected and um, by the type of diet that they were doing, which was a lot of grinding of food and a lot of the foods that they'd replaced for carbs really caused a lot of caries. Um, so it would have been a very painful existence living back there in those days. And uh, we're going to take a break now, but I'd like to come back and just finish that little segment on teeth because we're all told by our parents, you must chew your food. You know, they were right. Okay, we'll be back shortly on Navigating the Cancer Maze. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Learn to navigate the cancer maze with trusted professionals in cancer health care. The Grace Goller Institute, a not-for-profit organization with an established track record, a global clientele, and expertise in local and international referrals. The Institute's founder has almost 40 years' experience as a multidiscipline cancer strategist with a focus on finding options and implementing personalized care for cancer patients. The Grace Goller Institute can help you navigate the cancer maze. Why not email the Institute today at institute at gracegoller.com or visit their website at gracegollerinstitute.com. 
Listen each week to Navigating the Cancer Maze with your host, Grace Scholar from the Grace Scholar Institute as she interviews cancer medicine experts, researchers, allied health professionals, patients, and caregivers. Navigating the Cancer Maze provides you with information, education, inspiration, and a toolkit that will equip you wherever you are and whoever you are to effectively navigate your way through the cancer maze. The Grace Scholar Institute also provides ebook resources. Be inspired. Be empowered. Visit the Institute's website at www.gracescholarinstitute.com or email institute at gracescholar.com. Nestled in the heart of Germany's Black Forest is a very special clinic where breakthrough cancer medicine is offered to cancer patients around the world. Holvung Private Oncology Clinic is one of the leading establishments in biological cancer therapy. The clinic offers personalized cancer medicine, including genetic testing for detecting and applying targeted treatments. The clinic's ethic is to deliver treatments that are as conventional as necessary and natural as possible. For your personalized cancer treatment, please contact the clinic via their website at www.hullvang-clinic.com. That's H-A-L-L-W-A-N-G-clinic.com. Or call us in Germany at 490-7443-964240. You are tuned into Navigating the Cancer Maze with your host, Grace Goller. We'd love to hear from you today on our program. Please call us toll-free from North America at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. International callers may dial in to 480-553-5759. You may also send an email to institute at gracegoller.com. Now, back to Navigating the Cancer Maze. Hi, and welcome back to the show. Grace Gawler here talking today about cooked food versus raw food and um, digestion. Um, Before we went to the break, we were talking about the very, very important aspect of teeth. And we know, um, as I said, from 12,000, 15,000 years ago, that uh, paleoanthropologists are really unearthing some very interesting things about what people ate and looking not only at um, what came out the other end, but um, also the teeth of the people that they found. And we know, as I said before, that they were very, very worn. Uh, some of them were worn right down to the roots, so they would have had a very uh, painful existence. We know a lot of those people actually had a short life. Um, 94% of the 50 people from a particular cave that was looked at in Morocco, the cave of pigeons, um, 94% of those people had very, what would be classed, very, very serious tooth decay. Um, now, they lived on a, a diet of meat and berries and tubers and uh, maybe some kind of primitive fibrous vegetables, um, other fruits, and they had few carbs. Now, that's supposed to be quite good for the teeth. But this is um, leaning into what I also see with a lot of people who do the raw food diets. There's a drive for energy, a tremendous drive for energy. And um, often uh, people will replace that with uh, eating a lot of fruit and uh, maybe even eating a lot of bananas. In the caveman day, 
um, they actually ate a lot of acorns and it was the stickiness also in the acorns that stuck to their teeth, the constant grinding of hard and fibrous foods that led to a problem. So to me it's quite interesting that we are going backwards um, to a place of eating those sorts of um, diets that really clearly were not um, ideal for our um, cavemen ancestors. Now I know today we've got nicely developed on genetically modified vegetables and fruit and things are softer and not so fibrous but a lot of the patients that I see in my practice, particularly those that have dealt with bowel cancer, dealing with it now or trying to prevent a recurrence, when I do the digestive test, I find that most of the food that they're eating is actually not being digested properly at all. Now, this gets back also to teeth. Um, a lot of those foods need to be really ground up quite well. So if you've got not so good teeth on one side and uh, you know you can't chew properly, you've got painful um, teeth perhaps, um, if you've got dentures, it's very, very difficult to grind up some of the foods that are out there today in the seeds and the nuts. So sometimes people will say, and I heard someone in a health food store who was um, sort of selling the idea of uh, raw food the other day, putting everything in the blender and having that, but very well, but she didn't tell the person to chew it. So the actual action of the grinding and the chewing and the mixing of food with saliva is really, really important for digestion. It's basic. And um, it's better to chew your food than take a digestive enzyme. But also what happens for many patients um, who are dealing with uh, cancer, because of their treatment, uh, they get dry mouth syndrome. And this is, goes for people who have had radiotherapy to the upper part of their body where their salivary glands have been um, affected, but also a number of the chemotherapies, both oral and intravenous, will actually give people what's called dry mouth syndrome so that you can't produce the saliva that you need, your mouth is sort of stuck, um, you can't chew properly. That leads in turn to food that is not going to be digested properly and it's more than what you eat, remember, it's what you can absorb. Um, so there's a lot of expensive material, not only going down the loo here, but um, it's actually not good for your digestive system as well in most cases. So getting your diets, diets once again, tailor-made, um, personalised cancer medicine, personalised diet, not one size fits all. Um, I can't say that often enough. If you are someone who does have dry mouth syndrome and you're thinking, oh gosh, that's me, what can I do? Um, there's a number of preparations that you can buy these days. There's toothpaste, mouthwashes, even gums. Um, Biotene is probably one of the most popular of those that's around. Um, but also artificial saliva can be bought with the Tylen enzyme in it. So have a look around for that. Ask your doctor, nurse practitioner, health practitioner, pharmacist if you're suffering from that. It can actually be one of the early causes of mouth ulcers um, as a result of the chemotherapy because dry mouth uh, is not very comfortable. It can also result in dental caries and a whole lot of these digestion problems. So it starts to look like, doesn't it, it's a lot more than what we actually are buying, bringing home and preparing and eating. It's much more than the, the diet, in other words. Um, 
Now, I'm really interested in the work of a guy called uh, Richard Rangham, and uh, I hadn't heard of him before until my partner uh, found some material of his on the internet. And um, he's actually a uh, researcher, and and, um, he's a primatologist, in fact. Now, what does a primatologist do? They're looking back at at how primates um, worked and developed and looking at the evolutionary processes of food. Now, his research is quite interesting because if we look at the cooked versus raw issue, he claims in his research that learning to cook food was actually the hinge on which human evolution turned. That's a really big statement. But uh, I think he's really got something. And you know what? A lot of these people who are talking about these important issues are saying, we believe this was likely what happened. One of the things I do find a problem um, in the uh, so-called alternative movement or the um, the food fad vegan is this will fix you, this will cure you. It's, there's a great certainty in it. And boy, in 40 years have I ever seen a lot of uncertainty in things. Um, we can only talk from our experience and I think intelligent research and research that looks back, like the paleontologist that looks back at the past and says, okay, what can we learn from that and what can we bring forward into our life today? So good old Richard Rangham, um, he argues that eating cooked food actually enabled us to evolve our large brains. And he says that cooking itself became a primary focus, therefore, of human social activity. Uh, Basically, he says that cooking made us the social, intelligent and sexual species that we are today. And his book, uh, I think, is really worth a read. If you're sitting on the fence and you're just wondering about this cooked food, raw food thing, um, even if you've done your test that I've suggested, the book is really interesting. It's called Catching Fire, How Cooking Made Us Human. And it's available on Amazon. And... um, I'm going to read this little blurb from the book and I want to quote it verbatim because I think it's saying some quite important things. He says, Contrary to the dogmas of raw food enthusiasts, cooked cuisine was central to the biological and social evolution of humanity. Um, He goes right through to a moment 1.8 million years ago and he says, Our forebears tamed fire, they began cooking. Starting with Homo erectus, who should perhaps be renamed Homo gastronomicus, he says, um, these innovations actually drove anatomical and physiological changes that make us adapted to eating cooked food the way that cows are adapted to eating grass. Hmm, that's a very interesting thought, isn't it? And um, it's certainly been in my experience that this has been the case. By making food more digestible and easier to extract energy from, Rangam reasons that cooking enabled hominids' jaws, teeth and guts to shrink, freed up calories to fuel their expanding brains. Um, It gave rise to pair bonding, table manners, and liberated mankind from what he called the drudgery of excessive chewing because we know a lot of the foods back there were very, very fibrous and very hard to deal with. Um, He talks about nutritional science, paleontology. He studied um, the apes and the hunter-gatherers societies and um, basically he's really looked quite profoundly at the role of cooking food in today's society Um, and he takes this rather provocative action on um, um, evolution or really a take on evolution I suppose because he suggests that humans 
created civilised technology and civilised technology created us. I think he's got quite a lot of valid points and uh, from what we see from the people who do change to the raw food diet, when they get some dietary manipulation and they get back to eating a better balanced diet and uh, more cooked foods in particular, that we see a change, we see some weight gain and uh, we see some quality of life. Um, I had a very dear lady here in the practice yesterday, a, a patient of mine with breast cancer, and I'm actually going to um, take her comment as a, a title for one of my e-books because we talked uh, with Richard Rangham here about uh, the food as a social activity of a way of people getting together. And when she went all radical and um, lots of juices and raw food, uh, she wouldn't eat with the family. And uh, her child sort of said, Mum, why don't you eat pizza with us anymore? And that was her wake-up call. And uh, after that, she had a really good think about how she'd isolated herself out from her family. And uh, she did something about that and came back to a much more middle-of-the-road experience. So um, we're going to come up to a break again shortly. I'm going to have a lot of resources about this today, this topic of raw versus cooked and the topic of um, colon cancer, rectal cancer. You'll find this on the web about an hour after the show today. And uh, please use those resources because I think it's very, very important to get educated on this and the resources will be there for that test that I talked about earlier as well. Um, please keep writing in as well just before we go to the break. My email is institute at gracegawler, G-A-W-L-E-R, that's A for Apple, at gracegawler.com because I'm getting some fantastic questions from you listeners out there. And um, we will have another session shortly on navigating the cancer maze of addressing a lot of those questions. Don't go away. We'll be back with the show soon. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Listen each week to Navigating the Cancer Maze with your host, Grace Goller, from the Grace Goller Institute as she interviews cancer medicine experts, researchers, allied health professionals, patients, and caregivers. Navigating the Cancer Maze provides you with information, education, inspiration, and a toolkit that will equip you wherever you are and whoever you are to effectively navigate your way through the cancer maze. The Grace Scholar Institute also provides ebook resources. Be inspired. Be empowered. Visit the Institute's website at www.gracegollarinstitute.com or email institute at gracegollar.com. Nestled in the heart of Germany's Black Forest is a very special clinic where breakthrough cancer medicine is offered to cancer patients around the world. Hulvang Private Oncology Clinic is one of the leading establishments in biological cancer therapy. The clinic offers personalized cancer medicine, including genetic testing for detecting and applying targeted treatments. The clinic's ethic is to deliver treatments that are as conventional as necessary and natural as possible. For your personalized cancer treatment, please contact the clinic via their website 
at www.halvang-clinic.com. That's H-A-L-L-W-A-N-G-clinic.com. Or call us in Germany at 490-7443-964240. Learn to navigate the cancer maze with trusted professionals in cancer health care. The Grace Scholar Institute, a not-for-profit organization with an established track record, a global clientele, and expertise in local and international referrals. The Institute's founder has almost 40 years' experience as a multidiscipline cancer strategist with a focus on finding options and implementing personalized care for cancer patients. The Grace Scholar Institute can help you navigate the cancer maze. Why not email the Institute today at institute at gracegoller.com or visit their website at gracegollerinstitute.com. You are tuned into Navigating the Cancer Maze with your host, Grace Goller. We'd love to hear from you today on our program. Please call us toll-free from North America at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. International callers may dial in to 480-553-5759. You may also send an email to institute at gracegoller.com. Now, back to Navigating the Cancer Maze. We're back on Navigating the Cancer Maze. And uh, today, talking um, in this last segment in particular about what you can do, we're going to summarize um, what we've talked about in the show and uh, also talking about uh, some of the websites, I think, that are around that, you know, you can just... uh, you can just get caught up in an ideology and think, oh, look, that person's uh, cured themselves from cancer. Quite often there's a story behind that that's not in the public eye and there's many, many of these. Sometimes, too, people have thought they had a cancer um, but it was never biopsied and went away and, and they might connect that with something that they've done with the diet. Now, I'm, I'm not saying everybody go and eat junk food, absolutely not, but I think um, a sensible, varied diet is really important for people uh, dealing with cancer. There's so many other changes going on and if you've got um, some sort of uh, gut cancer and you've had your surgery and you've had chemotherapy, radiotherapy, um, or even maybe antibiotics, uh, it's just another insult to injury that's going on to an already overloaded system. So take some common sense in it. And next time you go into a, a health food store and there's someone very bright and um, boppy and, uh, you know, looking energetic and they're in there, maybe they're mid-20s, um, they may not know a lot about what they're actually proposing to people when they're talking about the raw food diet. Um, many people pass this information along from one person to the other and before you know it, um, in the Chinese whisper method, it becomes fat. Um, I'm finding at uh, my time, I graduated in 1986 and started in um, 1979 and in my time as a naturopath and cancer counsellor I've seen so many people change or try to change their diets and um, the background in that um, is, is, is phenomenal actually of how many people have come unstuck because of the simple thing of being on the wrong diet. 
Um, it's changed often treatments they can have. Uh, you know, as we talked about, it can change the family, the, the cultural situations, uh, social isolation and uh, outright discomfort, um, which is certainly what um, I have experienced myself. Uh, there's been a lot of publicity about people, uh, Steve Jobs, um, there's uh, a website, Mum's Not Having Chemo. There's another one, Wellness Warrior. And they're all people that are probably well-intentioned, but um, they actually are lacking in the experience and just regurgitating a whole lot of information that has been around for a long time without giving it the critique. And I think it's very important that we don't throw science out the window, especially when we're looking at something as important as diet. Um, some of the people who are doing uh, some fantastic work in terms of looking at the genetics of diet and how the genes have changed. We looked at the bones and the teeth and the food styles, but um, looking at how the genetics has altered over a period of time. And um, Professor John Hawkes is someone who's worth um, also looking up. He's at the University of Wisconsin in uh, Madison. There's a terrific interview with him on the internet talking about the issue of how our diet um, has actually altered and not altered our genes in some particular um, races. So he's particularly talking about lactase. We know a lot of cancer patients are told immediately cut out milk. And milk may not be a problem if, if you've got the enzyme that actually can digest it. Um, certain populations have lactase, there's other populations that don't. And we can observe over many, many centuries, 5,000, 10,000 years, um, that there's been changes going on brought about by what we eat. Um, he also has some nice uh, information there written about celiac and um, the introduction of wheat and immune response to wheat and we've talked about that on the show before but I think that's a very, very intelligent interview for you to check out um, on the internet and I'll put the link to that also um, on my blog, grayscholarmedia.com. So let's start summing this up today. Um, what do you do? What do you not do? I, uh, I heard of a case recently where someone um, had done raw food, raw vegan, and had been running a marathon around Australia, and uh, they were eating up to 20 bananas a day. And this is one of these things that we find that people who are doing vegan diets do actually need to do to get their, their energy. But uh, I think one prime thing that comes from this is that too much of a good thing is actually, literally, too much of a good thing. Um, bananas eaten in excess can have a number of problems. So if we just looked at the banana issue, people can get sleepy, they can get headaches, um, consuming too many bananas. Um, they're a great source of potassium, but that can be a problem to you. You can get tooth decay, um, they, uh, they're good for dieters because they don't contain fat, but you can even get things like nerve damage from excess eating of one particular food. So that's something to really pay attention to when you're um, looking at your diet, having a diet that's varied. Um, if you've got your various um, bits and pieces and rearrangements uh, from surgery, having a diet that's adapted to that number one imperative remembering that you are what you absorb more than what you eat. That's the next thing. 
think first when you're given um, an ideology from somebody um, who may have good intentions but might just be regurgitating the ideology and remember that one size does not fit all when it comes to working with diets. Another question I think to ask yourself is there a possibility that the changes that you are making or intend to make um, can cause you any harm or change your life in a way that's, that's not good. Um, I think the variety in your foods, middle path, middle road, small amounts of most things um, is really quite a, a good and sensible uh, target to have. Juices, many people make up juices and gulp them down. You might be eating um, 10 carrots in one juice, maybe 5 carrots. That's a lot of carrots. You can never actually sit down and eat that many carrots. And this is now also starting to create a problem with fruits that are juiced with high sugar content. Carrots also have high sugar content. And even though it's a natural sugar, it's still a sugar. So when we're doing anything to excess, it's likely to cause a problem. Now in naturopathy, I had a wonderful teacher and she always said small amounts cure. And this is an Aunt Schultz Law of Pharmacy, it's called. Aunt Schultz, there were two people. Um, and it's small amounts cure. Medium amounts, mm, might be okay. You mightn't do too much damage, you'll get some good from it. But too large amount of any substance will cause the opposite reaction in the same part of the body that you wanted to treat. A few carrots, good. Lots of carrots every day, bad. A few bananas, great. Lots of bananas every day, not good for you. This is a, a basic and very easy law to run by. And for those of you who have been writing in and asking me questions about supplements, it all depends on the dose. A supplement can be good in a small dose and toxic in a large one. And um, we might take that up at another time. So I hope you found today's edition of Navigating the Cancer Maze useful. We have had a few little technical difficulties today and um, I'm hoping that that's all been fine. And uh, I really look forward to joining you again with a special guest next week on Navigating the Cancer Maze. And that will be our final on talking about colon cancer. So have a great week. I hope you had a great Christmas and New Year and look forward to having you around next week on Navigating the Cancer Maze. Thank you again for listening to Navigating the Cancer Maze. Please join your host, Grace Goller, again next Friday at 12 noon U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Remember, cancer is not something you have to face alone. 